Welcome back to MCW Fancast. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. It's great to be back with the podcast. Apologies for the delay. Um, Things didn't quite work out the way we'd hoped. But we are going to recap on recent results, starting with Leicester, finishing with Liverpool and looking ahead to Reading next week. I'm joined by Dave and Paul and uh, we're just going to get straight into it. I'm Lauren Hemp and you're listening to MCW Fancast. Plenty to get through this week on the podcast and I'm joined by Dave and Paul. Thank you both for joining me. Dave, how are you doing? Hi Emma. Yeah, great. A lot to cover, haven't we? Because it's been a while, but uh, all positive, I think. Yeah, Paul, how's it going? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, last time we spoke, we were, you know, we were still trying to make sense of the early part of the season where we were had a bit of a shaky start, but the last three or four games have, have really shown how we're going to be set up for the rest of the season and, and lots of really positive things to talk about and, and our league position has improved uh, dramatically. Turbulent start, Dave. Have we rolled the storm? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, last time we spoke, we, we covered the Chelsea game in quite a lot of uh, detail. And although we got beat that day, I think we all agreed that, you know, after the where we didn't play well at Aston Villa on the opening game, the Chelsea game, you could see there was a lot of positives to take out of that game. We played very well, probably a little bit unfortunate with the result on the day. The promise was shown from that day against, obviously, Chelsea, a very good side, one of the favourites for the title. So we looked at that and said, hopefully that's the sign of things to come. Since then, the results would show that we were right to, to think that way because we have seen a dramatic improvement. The team's gelling, the team's growing. Because you've got to remember, there's a lot of new players coming to this team. So we've got to be a little bit patient for players to get used to playing with each other and everything. But it's beginning to show. And all the positives that we talked about at the Chelsea game, I think, are now starting to bear fruit in the last few games uh, with some excellent performances. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had the Chelsea game, then we had an international break. And then we we had our first home game of the season at Leicester at the Academy Stadium. Uh, I mean, Paul, let's start there. I mean, it was a, a 4-0 win on the day. And an overall well-rounded performance from the team. I think the word I would use for that game was patient. We 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 looked like a team that were in control of the game, which we were, but we we just kept our nerve. We kept patient. There was a lot of pressure on that game. If you if you think about it, we'd lost the first two games of the season. We couldn't really afford to lose another one, uh, unless they're a decent enough side. Uh, but I thought the way he set them up, I thought the way they played, the, what they, they played possession football, they were very patient in what they were doing, very professional, and it was a very good result. And, you know, I think, I hope now that they tailor out Brigade, if if, the, if there was ever any momentum behind those people, can now uh, just uh, wind the necks in a bit and, um, you know, just see that we, we, he's, he's brought some really good players in. I mean, the, the thing we've got to remember is we lost four world-class players in the summer. Top-class players left the club. And we've brought some really, really exciting talent into the club. It does take time to gel. And as Dave rightly points out, we're starting to see that team gel. And I think that Leicester performance showed a team that's starting to understand what they're being asked to do by the coach and they're actually able to execute that in a fairly coherent fashion. It was a game, Dave, where we saw Yui uh, Hasegawa in the squad as well, Dave. I mean, how have you 
how do you reflect on her performances and how she's come into the squad and settled? I've been very impressed the way that she's come straight into that team and played like a, a really pivotal mid central midfield role. You can often tell with good players when they come in and you feel to yourself, oh, they look like they've been there for years. They just fit straight in. I think the fact that she's come after playing in the WSL already for West Ham is a big factor in something like that. And she just seems to have slotted in. And I agree with Paul. I think the Leicester game, the problem with the Leicester game was there was pressure on it because although we would be expected to beat Leicester at home, we'd had to wait three weeks from that Chelsea game. And like we said, there was a lot of shoots of positivity in that Chelsea game to take from that Chelsea game. But then they had to wait three weeks because, as you say, I mean, there was an international break. There was a round of Conti Cup fixtures that didn't involve us. So it was three whole weeks. And I'm pretty sure when a player loses a game, they often will say they want to get straight back out there and play the next game as fast as you can. We didn't. We couldn't do that. We had to wait three whole weeks for that Leicester game, which I think probably built the pressure up that Paul was mentioning even more on that Leicester game. And it became a really... Not a must-win game because you know we're only it's only like the first home game of the season, but certainly in terms of pressure on the manager and pressure on the club, we wanted to win that game and get some points on the board because we knew that we played so well at Chelsea that it was possible to do. We did do that. We played very well. Paul's quite right. It was a patient game because Leicester, you know, didn't come and lie down. We had to break them down. A lot of positives again that day, and Yui was definitely one of them. Uh, and obviously, you know, um, and Bunny and the, and the goals we scored and everything, there's a lot of positive to take from that game as well. And it was starting to then show productivity from the promise that we'd showed at Chelsea. Yeah. We kind of spoke a little bit about the Leicester game and I think we all agreed that it was sort of vital that we looking looking ahead to that game that we were to pick up points. I think obviously, you know, we, we've had that slow start and it was really important that we're able to get off the mark. And I think on reflection, you know, it's a, a job well done, Paul. Absolutely, and uh, you know there was pressure. You know, if we'd lost another game, you know we'd we'd have been in, starting to think about top three being a, a difficult ask for us, given how well United are playing. It was probably going to be our biggest challenges for top top three. But you know, it was a very professional performance, and the way he set the team up, we've seen it in the subsequent games. He, he, he's got a system that he wants to play. He's brought players in to play it. And they're capable, as of, all of them are football internationals, they're capable of executing the game plan. Um, so there, there was a huge amount of pressure, I think, on, on the coach particularly. I mean, Holt Powell's stepped down uh, today uh, after, after their job in at the weekend. And she, you know, she's one of the most experienced managers in the game. So there's pressure on managers in WSL now. And there was massive pressure on Gareth. Uh, and I think he, he came through with flying colours. He, he's recruited really well. Actually, when you when you look at those players that have come in, and Dave makes the point, some of those players, you know, look like they've been in that team forever. Castellanos, Hasegara, you know, those players have come in, and and they look like they've been there for ages, you know. So whilst they're not necessarily like for like for those that have gone, the, the potential of those new players suggests to me that we're in a very good place, you know, in order to, you know, compete in the league. Go for the top three, hopefully win the title. That might be a bit of a long shot, but certainly compete very uh, comfortably in the cups, uh, where we've got a good chance of, of, of repeating last season. You know, two finals and, and a bit of silverware. Dave, do you get the feeling that there is a a definite difference in the feeling amongst the squad and the team, and you know, a few questions over you know players and how they were feeling within the side, within the squad towards the end of the season. Does that all seem to have settled now and we're going to see some new sort of relationships, partnerships flourish off the pitch as well as on it? Definitely, I, I would say so, yeah. If you look at the evidence, if you look at things like when they put the um, the training pictures up and stuff like that, 
they all seem to be, you know, bonding. And it takes time when you come into you get as Paul said, we lost four major players and a lot of new players come in. So there's a lot of new relationships to be formed there. And as you say, Emma, on and off the pitch is, is important. Off the pitch is just as important as on the pitch. You need to get to know these people, bond with them, uh, learn their ways, how they like to play, you know, and, and it just takes a little bit of time. It's a changing environment as well. You know, let's not forget as well, we've, we've got a couple of players, a few players actually, that are, are coming into the city side that haven't played WSL football. And there is, there is a difference, a notable difference between obviously playing in the WSL and those leagues overseas. I just want to pick up on that point about that you can see when they celebrate a goal, the difference this year in, in their togetherness. I, I think there was one or two disruptive elements in that dressing room last season that may or may not be there anymore. There were certainly players that had an eye towards the exit uh, and that, that tends to sort of change the dynamics in the dressing room as well. So I think we've, we've now got rid of some of the people that perhaps may have not been so happy with the way that things were going. Uh, internally and now we're in a place where we've got some really good players coming through who seem to really get on and at the end of the day if you look at the men's team they're a team full of superstars and they all really get on we tend to buy players now that we buy them not just for their ability but for their personalities and I think that's showing in the way the team are playing this season they just seem a happier bunch you can just look at them and think they just look happier they look like a team that have got something to prove and just actually get on. And if you see, there were some photos of the Halloween party they had um, this week, and it just seemed like they were having fun. They were enjoying themselves. They were just, you know, as Dave said, starting to gel and, and form friendships and partnerships and, you know, on and off the field. And those friendships are really important. And I think that's that's been a big difference this season. It just looked like a happier, it looks like a happier ship all around. Uh, I think it's worth just mentioning on that, that I think Yui looked great in a Pokemon onesie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I think it's a great point there, Paul. I mean, like you said, I, I think in terms of celebration, I think that is one notable thing that, you know, they celebrate as a team. All the players surround each other and celebrate together, which is really great to see. And and I think this they're playing for each other. They're playing as a team. And I think that is a massive difference when it comes to looking at, that cohesiveness within the squad. Um, I, I, I think that is a great building block for a strong team. Yeah, I agree with both of you on that, yeah, without a doubt. You want your team to, to, to gel and play as a team. It's great to have that standout individuals who can win your games with a, in a flash. But as Paul points out, the men's team do have that as well. But they have both. And if you have both, it's really, really strong. You know, you, we could single out, say, Bunny this season for the goal. She's been outstanding. She's put the ball on the net. She's top scorer in the league and all that. And that's brilliant. Of course you want that. But you want the team to gel as a team as fast as possible. And sometimes it takes longer than others. Because as you say, Emma, you've got people coming in from other countries and other leagues. They've got to settle into not only their job, they're playing football, but their lives, you know, in a new country and stuff. So that some just takes some people longer than it takes others. And obviously that can affect how they play. But it doesn't seem to have taken the players we've signed too long, we are now starting to see it. I think the performances have been solid. I think they've been excellent. They're, they're all in it together. And as we're going to cover with the other results, Gareth's even been able to show some rotation in cup games and stuff like that and give everybody who needs a game a game, yeah. including youth players. But I'm talking more like, you know, your people who've been sat on the bench and you think, well, you don't want them sat on the bench every week. You want them to have a game so that when they come in, they're ready to go. And even they seemed happy 
the other night when they played against Blackburn in the cup, which I'm sure we'll cover. But, you know, so the, the whole squad seems to be in a place at the moment. And what we've got to do is capitalise on that and keep it going. Yeah, so on to the next, let's look at Spurs then. Obviously, uh, a long trip uh, south to Spurs and uh, another fantastic result away from home. Uh, it finished 3-0 in the end, a brace from Bunnyshaw and Lauren Hemp also contributing uh, late on in the game. Another good performance against what's been a bit of a rocky Tottenham side. Yeah, I, I, I was worried about that game. I thought it would be a very tough game. Uh, Spurs away, I thought, you know, we, we, we could be, we'll have to play very well. Coming off the Leicester game, we were all happy and thought, but and then you look at Spurs away, you think that's it's a difficult fixture. I, I thought we were excellent. I thought we were fantastic. I thought from the very right from the start of the game, I thought we controlled the pace of the game. Um, I thought the midfield were excellent. I thought the wide players, I thought um, Lauren had a great game and looked dangerous, looked like she was going to create all the time. Bunny was lethal again in front of goal. Uh, and it was a superb result for me. It really, I thought it was the best performance so far, actually, because it was a complete all-round performance by the team against a good side on their own pitch. Uh, we saw what was first did yesterday, the, the result they had yesterday. So you know, the, the, you know, they're not a bad side at all, Tottenham. Um, so to go there and win comprehensively three 0 and it could have been more. I was over the moon with that one. It was unfortunate though that Ellie Brazil did have to be obviously stretched off, to leave the pitch, and uh, she was replaced early on. Uh, and obviously later we found out that you know she was has succumbed to an unfortunate ACL injury that as we know obviously is devastating for any player. So we do want to wish her well with the recovery. Uh, always disappointing to see that happen in a game, but again it's it's been really difficult for Tottenham in terms of injuries. Um, you know they're really struggling this season. Uh, despite the, the performance that they've had this weekend against Brighton, you know putting eight goals in the back of the net. It was a team I did expect a little bit more from Tottenham, but on obviously on the day we were able to sort of nullify Tottenham and, and control our game and, and stick to our principles to get the result, Paul. Absolutely. I mean, like both, both of you, I, I, I feared that was going to be a tough game. I thought that we dominated them from start to finish. Um, but they could still be playing now and they'd still be, looking, they'd still be struggling to score a goal. They, did, they didn't look like they were going to score... You know, didn't have a clear chance really all after all that. I think they had one towards the end and it was pretty feeble. Um, and it was one way traffic for a lot of the game. And they are a good side. I mean, don't forget, they're fourth, sorry, fifth. They're just behind us, the same amount of points. Uh, and we made them look like a very ordinary team, which they're not, they're a good team. That result against Brighton showed. Um, I think that was, as you said, Dave, that was a pivotal performance for that for the, this emerging team. You know, you could see that they they had another week on the training pitch, another week to see how they were playing, as it, you know, what the formation looked like, how they were going to play that formation. And I thought uh, Bunny, in particular, up front was excellent. She bullied them all afternoon. The midfield was really strong, and we now we now seeing what our back four looks like. What our back four is probably going to be for most of the season, and it's a really strong back four. You know, very very. We've got you know a really good right back in Esme Morgan looks like a you know player possessed at the moment. You know, Alexandria is is fantastic centre. She reads the game so well, and obviously Alex Green was great. So. It was just a great performance all around, you know, and thoroughly deserved the win. Uh, and and whilst I'm I'm sure I think Spurs fans would probably feel that they, they didn't really turn up on the day. It's always one of those things: did they not turn up, or did we make them look ordinary? And I think it was the latter. I think we just played really well and controlled the game. 
Uh, and it was it was an, it really was a really important away win in a very tricky fixture and not a, not a, not in a very good ground to go to. It's a tough tough environment down there, and they, they did a very professional job. Would like to know what the nutrition team are asking Bunny to eat for breakfast because for some reason <laughs> <laughs> she has just been on it uh, this season uh, again. Another two goals for Bunny, Dave. I mean, how impressed have you been with her contributions this season so far? Excellent, yeah, fantastic. I've been really impressed. She's looked, she's looked lively. She looked hungry for goals in every single game, even the games we didn't. You know, we, at the start when we didn't win, I think. Bunny still putting a performance. A performance against Chelsea, we we said at the time was excellent, and she didn't even score that day. Um, she she bullied them, and and that was a very experienced Chelsea back line. And on another another day, she'd have scored that day as well. So it's up to the other players now to just feed her, feed feed the ball as she likes it, and she'll put it in the net. That's you know that that is that is the message that she's giving out. Get the ball to me, and I'll score the goals. And that's up to the rest of the team now to to keep that going because it looks it looks great. Because she looks in top form, she looks on top of her game. She's brimming with confidence, and she's just you know a real, really. I wouldn't say an improvement on last season because I thought she was good last season. Yeah. But obviously, last season there was a bit more of a rotation where you might put Ellen White in. We all know what a good player Ellen White was for City as well. So, but now she's the main striker. It might just be suiting her more that she's now the senior striker in the squad, and you know get the ball to me, I'll score you the goals and that's what we're doing, which is great. She really looks like she's in, enjoying herself as well. And I think that is essentially a big a big difference in what we've seen in Bunny this this season so far. Um, like I said, feed Bunny and she will score. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's probably, she's certainly eating a lot more carrots, judging by the uh, the form she's in. The <laughs> carrots, yeah, she doesn't yeah. carrots, that's stupid, wouldn't it? <laughs> and, and I think double wheat a bit at breakfast as well. <laughs> But can you just put a word in for her all-round play as well? You know, she's not just a big unit up front. You know, she she's got good feet. The pass she she gave to uh, Russell for the for the goal at the weekend was exquisite. You know, she's got she's she's re- she's a really good all-round player. You know, she reminds me of Zeko in the men's team. You know, just you know, big big player, but good feet, good awareness, good passing, unselfish. She's prepared to put the work in as well. And as you said, Dave, I think she's benefited from being the number one striker, you know, because last season we did rotate because we had England's best ever striker and a really, really promising striker. Now that promise has turned into a, you know reality. She is a world-class striker. She's one of the best strikers in the league now. You know, you look at people, she's up there with the likes of Sam Kerr in my mind, you know, in terms of how dangerous she is. And you can't give anyone a bigger compliment than saying she's in that she's in that company. That's where she's at at the moment, and that's good coaching, confidence. And as you say, Dave, they're playing it too. When you've got two world class wingers like Kelly and Hemp, they are going to knock balls in all day long. And she's getting on the end of them. Fair play to her. Top top quality player, top quality person, top quality per- person having the club as well. I think. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to you know Gareth saying that, you know, we play with a front three. We've seen that again um, at the weekend against Liverpool. Argument over, you know, whether or not Rasso should start. But again, that's an argument to have later in the podcast when we get to, when we get to Liverpool. But, I mean, it is fantastic in terms of the players that we've got and the options that Gareth has at his disposal, Dave. Huge. We've said a thousand times about how he didn't have this last season. This time last season, he didn't have any options. So we were going into the Conti Cup game. We had 
George Stanway is a reserve goalkeeper, Jill Scott centre half. We've, we've covered it many times, but it's a massive part of, of the modern game is to be able to have a strong squad that you can rotate when you need to. He's not dropping people for these cup games, he's rotating people. There's a big difference. You know, you can't play the same 11 every game. As you just pointed out, Emma, someone like Hayley Rasso, she's very unlucky to not be starting anyway, but you've got world-class players in their positions. It's a fantastic headache for a manager to have, to have all these players fit and raring to go and wanting to play. So he's got to play them uh, in certain games. And I think, you know, if we want to say, like the Blackburn Cup game comes up, perfect opportunity to give these players a run out who haven't been playing. Fantastic players like Angledal and Rasso, um, and that's not even touching on the youth players that, that, that he gave debuts to, who all did excellent, which we can talk about. But I'm talking about the more experienced players there, Demi Stokes. They came in and had a game, Steph. They need the games. So we've got to keep it. It's, it. it's an option we didn't have last season. And it could make a massive difference to us this season that we've got that rotation and option so that if we get the odd injury or the odd loss of form and he wants to rotate, these players are ready and raring to go and come in. And we're talking about top-class international players coming into the team, like Angle Dahl, like Demi Stokes, like Hayley Rasso. Fantastic. It's such a great, it's such a relief after last season to have that option. Uh, so let's move on to midweek then, because perhaps heading into this game, we expected that we would see some changes uh, and Gareth looking to utilise some of that squad depth. Perhaps we didn't think that he would even turn to some of the academy players, but obviously a pleasant surprise heading into the stadium and hearing the team news and seeing a number of academy players uh, named on the bench for that game against Blackburn on Wednesday night, Dave. Fantastic. I, I, I say we saw the team sheet. He he basically rested everybody, didn't he? And, and gave, uh, he, Sandy got a game in goal and the ones I've mentioned earlier got to come in the side. Um, and then, you know, you're any Hutchins and, and your youth team players onto the bench, which I'm sure was a massive, massive occasion for those players to be involved in a first team match day, to be around the first team squad. It's fantastic to see. Um, we're a club that pride ourselves, both men and women, on, on producing our own, you know, put some players to come through the academy. And uh, you want to blood them into, into games, but you don't want to blood them into games that you think might not benefit them, you know, right straight at the top end of, the, say, the WSL game. So so a home county cup tie is a great tie to do it in because it, it's a win-win situation because you... You know, you're rotating your squad and you're giving these players experience that could come in invaluable further down the, the line in their careers. So I love to see youth team players on the bench and, and coming on and getting the debuts. And by the way, they all did fantastic when they came on. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I was really pleased. I think, you know, it's a, a perfect a perfect game to ha- sort of hand out those sort of opportunities to those players too. Uh, it was a, a memorable evening for them. And I think... Obviously, uh, you get a number of first-team debuts there and and then a fantastic result to boot as well. You know, to kick off our campaign in the Connery Cup, which is, you know, an important cup to us, uh, Paul. Absolutely. I mean, we've got a massive history, haven't we, with, with the Conti Cup, with the holders, and we want to we want to retain the, that piece of silverware. We've won it so many times. You know, one of the things, criticisms I've had of Pep is he doesn't use the cup games in my mind to to blood some players the likes of Palmer and others. So I think Gareth was really really shrewd to put those um, players on the on the bench because one they, they they get to work with people like Steph Hart and Demi Stokes, Angle Dar, you know all, all these quality people that have got so much to give those young players. 
And then, you know, if you think about our academy players at that, you know, the top level academy players, they will be they will be good enough to play in the championship and Blackburn are a championship side. So it was a good opportunity to play at a level that they feel comfortable at. But when they came on, as Dave rightly says, if you were neutral and you looked at those players, you wouldn't have been able to tell that they were academy players. They came on and they, they stuck to the system. Not only did they just sort of do the basics well, they passed well, they moved well. One of them created a really good chance. They looked like they were players that could step up into the first team quite comfortably. So full marks to Gareth Taylor and the coaching staff for not only just bringing them through, but bringing them on at the right time, the right game, to get the right experience, as Dave rightly says, that will allow them in the future to develop into really good players in our club. So it was it was a, it was a win win, a massive achievement. Congratulations to all those young players who came in and their families. It's a it's a real honour to play for you, for a club like City, and they'll never forget that experience. And then, uh, hopefully they will kick on and join the first team squad because all of them look like they're perfectly capable of doing so. Yeah, I, I can't agree with that anymore. I was really pleasantly surprised just to how well they adapted, especially being, you know, so professional and how they adapted to the game, Dave. Yeah, well, that's I think the City way is that they try right through the academy squads with the men and women to play the City way and play the same sort of football so that it's not jarring for these players when they when they step up a level. I, you know, um, say from the youth team to the the, the uh, academy sides, you know, coming through from like under 14s age groups through to under 16s, under 18s and upwards. I think they all try and play the same style of football, City. It's, you know, the passing out from the back, the way that City play. And so that when they do come in, although they're stepping up a level, they're not changing the what they've learned. It's still the same basic fundamental uh, way they've been trained, you know, to play football. And I think you could see that. As Paul said, they slotted in and looked perfectly at home at what they were doing against a high-level op- opponent because Blackburn, as you say, are a championship team. So, it's you know, it, it's a higher level than they've played against before. And, and they all did. There wasn't one of them I thought, oh, they, she looks out of her depth. I thought they all looked competent at what they were doing. And it was a really, really, um, really, pl- really pleasing. It was, it was what I really enjoyed on the night. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed Esme Morgan playing almost like in a midfield role as well. Oh my God, I don't talk about versatility. She's been, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I, look, I looked at the shape and how we were playing, I was like, what? I was, but again, I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was great to watch. Um, I mean, she's, she's going to be like the new Georgia Stanway almost. In, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I feel like she's just going to end up playing throughout the throughout the positions. Yeah, she, you can. She's absolutely full of confidence at the moment. She's had that year off, which was horrendous for her. Because if you remember, she was playing so well when she got injured as well. Yeah. And she's lost a year of it. She's come back, and yes, she's always been a versatile player. But I think she's stepped up a level this year, even from that. And she's just. You know, she just, you can see the confidence in her and she's brimming and she wants to play. And when we lose the ball, she's winning it back and she's, you know, she's covering so much ground. It's fantastic to watch her play, you know, and, and to see someone who, there's one, there's a prime example of someone who came through the academy system and, and, and got the odd game here and there, slowly but surely integrated herself into the first team. Now you could argue she's one of the first names on the team sheet. Just while we're on Esme, obviously, because we've not had a podcast since, obviously, she's also received first game for England, her first cap as well. Yeah. And, you know, she's having a really good season. Thoroughly deserved. Really good yeah, season. thoroughly deserved. On the form that she's shown this season, I don't think anyone can argue with that call-up. 
No, I, 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 when you think about the hard work she's had to put in, like Chloe Kelly, to come back from a very serious injury to, to almost immediately being called back into the first, into the England cell, because she was, as Dave rightly said, she was in England squad just before she was, just as she was getting it, she got injured. To come back and to show a really shrewd manager who just won the Euros that she's good enough to be in that team, to be called up, and then to get a cap. You know, like with Chloe Kelly, you think all that hard work has paid off, all that dedication, all those hours on your own in the gym or with some just another player in the gym, to then step out and to get to pull that shirt on. And she's such a lovely person as well. She's such a nice, grounded you know, individual. She's a credit to her parents. She's a blue, so she's a credit to the club. And I don't think anyone would be good to her a long international career. She stays fit. She could get quite easily hit 50-plus caps. She's that good a player, in my view. She's a very, very solid uh, player who, you know, you can rely on. And, and managers love that in a player. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Can we also mention Rasso? <laughs> I think it's hard not to mention the performance that she put in uh, on Wednesday night. I think she was absolutely sensational. She was absolutely running Blackburn ragged. The tempo, her ability, tenacity, everything that she's shown on that night. We just need to find a way of getting Rasso as a starting player because, again, you know, she obviously didn't start in the game against Liverpool, but when she came on, she was the difference. I think if we're, I think if we're brutally honest, you know, I think Rasso at the moment is the form player of the two. Um, I think Chloe's a great player, but I think Russell's in, in, in really good form at the moment and she's got a really strong case to, to be starting at the moment. Uh, I mean, you can argue she comes on late, you know, people are tired, uh, she's an impact player. But if you if, if Chloe was on the bench, that would apply to Chloe as well. So we're, arguing, we're just arguing around two world-class players, aren't we? Last, last season, I, I can't remember who was playing on the right. You know, we had we could have been playing anyone, Stanway, anyone, anyone up front. We had no players. This year, we're having an argument on a podcast about whether one world class player should be in the team rather than another. I Great, think isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. it? It is a headache. I just, I just feel for me. I mean, Chloe's played a lot of minutes. You know, yeah. she's she's played a lot yeah. of minutes. My fear is obviously coming back off the injury that she had last season the effort and the work rate that she put in to put herself in contention for, for England for the summer, um, the summer that she's had. Obviously, she wasn't, you know, a full 90-minute player, but, you know, she was able to make the difference when she came on. You know, she can do that. It's, it is, it is. how do you solve a problem like, you know, your right winger? It's, an, it's, it's a hard one. It is difficult because you're quite right. Chloe had a very busy summer. I know she didn't start every game and everything, but she she was involved. She was there and training and everything and, and the mental side of it, you know, because it was a massive summer for all these England players. Straight into this season. And if if we're honest, she possibly has looked a little bit jaded in the last couple of games and, and, and when she's played. And Haley's come on and, and looked lively. And the Blackburn game, as we said, was the chance for some of these players to start a game and stake a claim, which Haley, prime example, Emma, you're quite right, she had a fantastic game. She scored a great goal that got us off the mark, and then she was a threat, and the crossing, and the running, and she like terrorising the fullback for the whole game. She was outstanding, um, you know, rightfully player of the match. Um, and that's what you want her to do, because you want her to stake a claim. She then 
you know, she could easily have started yesterday against Liverpool, in my mind, on my back of that performance. It's not a criticism of Chloe. Well, people use the term, when it comes to City, for some reason, people seem to use the term, they've dropped somebody. It's rotation. It's, it's not dropping. Sometimes a player might need to just come out for a couple of games to, to just take stock and come on as a sub, come on as an impact sub. And you've got, you need somebody ready to come in and, and Hayley would have been perfect for that. And then she's got the shirt and then she's got to, you know, she's in the same position and Chloe's in. And it's not just that position. There's positions all over the pitch where the same thing can happen. It doesn't, you know, it is a nice headache to have because as Paul says, we're arguing about uh, world-class players on the wing. You know, which one do we play? So it's a nice one to have. It's nice for the manager in a way. And, you know, and that's why he's he's got to find a solution to this conundrum. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Hayley in the form she's in start a game. I mean, play Reading next week. It wouldn't surprise me if she did start. She might not, but it wouldn't surprise me if she did. That's that's it, though, isn't it? When you come to look at like a starting eleven and you sort of see those players, it doesn't give you really, regardless of who's sort of named, it doesn't necessarily disappoint. I mean, the, the thing the thing is, Chloe Kelly is not playing badly. That's that's the point. She's not playing badly. She might not be playing at her absolute peak. That that's that's a discussion point. But she's been impressed by one of the another really really top class player. You know, we've had to shift shift Jess Park out to to Everton because she couldn't get a game, and she's on fire over there. And got an England squad, you know. So we've got we've got four brilliant, well, you know, three brilliant wingers at the club. One off off on loan will be coming back next season. Hemp's, I think, Hemp's been outstanding since this season. She's she's looked like. She's just stepped up another level. I mean, she's probably the best left winger in the world now by by some distance. She just looks like she's she, she's tearing people up for fun. And then you think about other positions. Mary Fowler, who I think is one of the best young players in the league, can't even get, can't even get in the team at the moment. Mm. So Dave's right. This isn't about dropping people. It's about rotation. And in a big squad full of full internationals, you are going to rotate those players around because the season is getting longer now. You know, the season, the season, you know, we're in, we've got more games in the County Cup. We've got WSL games. We've got the FA Cup coming up. So you will rotate those players around and some players will get injured. But it's not dropping. If, if Chloe's not in the team against Reading, it's not because she's dropped. It's because Garth thinks that I'm going to rotate around. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, she'll come on with 20 minutes to go and cause havoc because that's what good players do. Yeah. Um, just worth mentioning on Mary Fowler, um, she was named player of the match against uh, Blackburn and she scored her first two goals for the club um, and again uh, came on to feature against Liverpool as well. I mean, uh, as... Obviously, replacing Bunny as that out-and-out striker in that in that game and coming on and contributing uh, for a young player as well. I mean, I look at I don't see like a nineteen-year-old. <laughs> you, you know, she no. looks like a player that's you know well experienced, adapts really well. She, you know, she's she's got good vision. She's very clinical uh, in front of goal, and she's got very good composure. Um, it's certainly something to get excited about for the future, Dave. Oh. Yeah, really. I was yeah, another one against Blackburn that I was really impressed with because it's the first really good look we we, we got her, uh, and she like you say, Emma, she was really impressive, almost like different sort of forward forward attacking player maybe than Bunny. Um, you know, she, she she dropped deep at times as well. Her and um, yesterday, uh, Castellanos's role in like almost like a number ten, I thought was outstanding as well, just behind. And you need those players 
to support like a, a main striker, maybe like Bunny. So again, these players we're talking about, you, you Hayley Rassos, you, you Mary Fowlers, and you can throw people like Angle Dahl again into this. You know, they play for most teams. They'd start most weeks at most teams mm. um, because these are world class players and. Another, the, the, you know, Mary. Mary's another one we can talk about who's settled in and looks look good when she comes in, and I'm sure she'll have a more pivotal role to play, a more more frequent role to play in the team as we go through the season. I'm sure they all will, but yeah, yeah, I've been really impressed with Mary. What I've seen of her so far. Yeah, so we so we've got off to a, a good start in the Conti Cup, um, and then attention, uh, our attention turns back to the league and back at the Academy Stadium for our league clash against Liverpool. Um, how did you feel heading into this one, Paul? Well, uh, like Dave, I, I was a bit more nervous about this one because I think Liverpool are a really, really good side. You know, some some great players in that team, you know, very experienced players, uh, well set up, good management. Uh, they've kicked on a bit this season. Um, so I was I was a bit concerned. Um, but I think that, that we actually controlled large portions of that game. We, we struggled a bit with the high press and we'll have learned from that. We didn't play out from the high press particularly well in the early parts of the game. We got caught with the with the goal and, and a, a chance that was missed just before that. Um, but so I think there was a lot of learning from that game. But I think we played, did again, a very professional, patient performance. Um, I think thought we were the better team, but they are a good side. So I was nervous, but I, I, I think the team equated itself really well. And again, you look at you, I was looking at the bench, you know, the bench we've got uh, in that game, McIver, Fowler, Blackstead, Angledown, Awabi, Horton and Stokes, all full internationals. And as Dave says, most of those players would walk into most WSL sides. So we've now not just got a very good first 11, we've got a really strong bench and we needed that against Liverpool because they're a good side. I think it was a tougher test than I think I expected on the day. They had a, a, a massive result against Chelsea um, you know, and I think Liverpool are one of those sides, Dave, that obviously have learned from their time within the championship, but have got real intention in terms of wanting to succeed. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't. I, a club like Liverpool should have never gone down to the championship in the first place. I mean, you know, we've only got back a, a few years to when they were double champions. So you know, it's good to have them back because it's a good fixture to have on the calendar. As Paul says, he's got a great. I like Matt Baird, by the way. I think he's a really good manager. I think he's. Uh, He's done well there, and I think he's recruited well. He's recruited a little bit of um, experience into the team. Great player. I mean, Megan Campbell's still a fantastic player. It's great to see Megan playing, and now because when she was a City, obviously we always rated her, but she had so many horrific injury problems, didn't it? So it really hindered her time at the City. But fantastic defender and uh, Melissa Lawley as well. These are experienced players. I think Liverpool will do all right this season. I don't think they've got any worries at all. So I had a feeling it'd be tough. I fancied City to win. And I thought we played well and, and with a better side deserved to win. I thought we dominated the, the possession quite well. But we got punished on, on a, a few a few mistakes, which, you know, that was their game plan to, to press high. And we seemed to, you know, it made us a little bit nervous first half. But I think as the game went on, I was confident we could get a winning goal. I was confident, you know, that we could win the game and get the points as, as, the, as the second half draw on. Because I think Liverpool, I think Liverpool tired a little bit. We've got strong bench, you know, and we, we kept pressing and pressing and pressing, and and then um, you know the introduction of Hayley Rasso was was the trick again, and she she scored us the winner. And, and I think on the day, the most important thing was to get the points and keep our momentum going, which we've done. You know, what I mean, another three points. I think that was that was the that was the bottom line for me to to get the points, especially as the game panned out and it was when it was one all. I thought let's just get a winner, 
get the points. We're a little bit unlucky, I think, by the end to have not maybe scored a couple more. I think they had one off the line. Uh, they'll point to the fact that, you know, Megan Campbell long throw in the last minute, that, that we got one off the line, didn't we? Yeah. But that's always a threat for Liverpool. It's horrible watching Megan Campbell throw those balls into our box, by the way, because we're used to it the other way. I love, um, I love how we literally put everybody in the boxes. Bar Ellie to defend them. <laughs> of all the team, of all the teams in the league, I mean, we're the ones who shouldn't get caught out by Megan Campbell on throw. Let's face it, you know, many times, um, they're an amazing weapon for, for for a team to have, aren't they? Because they, you know, no one else can do that. It's, it's a fantastic weapon for them to have, and I'm sure it'll bring them goals this season. Um, but yeah, I was happy that coming out of the ground, we've won the game, we've got the points. It wasn't probably our best performance. I'd still say maybe Spurs and Leicester were possibly better performances. But it was a dogged performance. We got stuck in, we won. Performances, obviously, were better. But for me, the game as a whole, for me, was more entertaining. It yeah, was yeah, it was. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. I have something there. It was, a good, it was a good game of football to watch because there was mistakes and there was excitement and there was, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what I mean? There was things, goal mouth incidents. I would like to single out, I personally really enjoyed Dana Castellanos' performance yesterday. I thought she was excellent. I thought a link-up play, the ground she covered, the link up that she provided between someone like Leah Alexander stepping out from the back, who she, which she does brilliantly. She was bringing the ball out, giving it to Dana. She was linking it to the forward players all match. The whole game she was doing it. And I thought she was outstanding. I know she won the OSC um, player of the match on the vote we do on, on, on Twitter and stuff. And I think that's, I think it's fair because I think I thought that was her best performance yesterday. I thought she was she's dominated that midfield. And it just shows you what a good player we've got there that uh, maybe we didn't realise, you know, how good she's been. Because, yet again, in and coming to a new club and everything, she's shown flashes. But yesterday, I thought she showed the whole package. I thought, you know, we've got a cracking player there and that's going to only get better and better as the season goes on. So that was the highlight for me, her performance. She had a fair few opportunities of her own and she looked relatively progressive as well, which I think is always really positive in terms of our play. She certainly brings a lot to the team and I think in time, I think she'll really find her feet and I, I think she is definitely one to, to keep an eye on for the future because I, I do think she'll cement herself well within the squad. She's a quality player, isn't she? She's one of the best South American players. She's had a few shots on tag. She's not scored yet, but she's got an eye for goal and it's not just pot shots. She's placing them. You know, she, she's she's looking to, to score a goal through quality, not just a pot shot. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with Jeff. I thought she was the best player on the field. Uh, I thought she she just she just has that little bit extra that good, really, really good players have. Uh, and just on the Megan Campbell thing, great to see her back because, you know, it would have been so easy for her to give up after all those injuries. And whilst it didn't really work out for uh, City, it's fantastic to see her back in, in the game. And I should also just, should we just mention that the crowd was 4,000? And, you know, so that's a really encouraging number, isn't it? Because we weren't averaging anywhere near that last season. So 4,000 mm. is a really, really good indication that we're starting to make some progress in getting those average gates up. You know, that's a really strong crowd for, you know, a, a game like that. And we've got the derby coming up in the, in the stadium itself, which I believe is well on its way to selling out. So we might be, we might see an even bigger crowd. And I think, I think the, even the commentator on the, on the match day commentary was saying, this place is rocking today. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great, isn't it? That's great for the players. It's great for us as fans. Um, just, just 
brilliant, brilliant news to get, you know, that the that we're starting to see just the initial ripples of the Euro effect coming through at club level. Well, it was it was two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon with no clashes with the men's teams of those teams. It was wasn't too far for the away fans. There's quite a lot of Liverpool fans there, to be fair. They put a coach on for them and things like that. And it was rocking. It was a great atmosphere. And the Academy Stadium, when it's full like that, is a great stadium to play in. Because it, it lifts everybody, it lifts the team and everything. It's you know, it's because it's quite enclosed. It's, it's a great stadium when it's full, like that. And that's what we want. That's what we want to see. Four and a half, five thousand every game would be great because it would it would be a massive step forward from two thousand last year as our like average. So yeah, it was fantastic. I really thought it was great. It looks great as well, doesn't it? You see, I've looked at some of the pictures from the game today, and behind them, you know, the, the stands are full, and it looks fantastic. It's great to see. That's what we want to see. Standing end. Um, on a regular basis. Standing end was full, you know, or nearly yeah. full, you know. It's fantastic. You know, it, it, it's an important thing that great players get a decent crowd. You know, they deserve it. You know, they've worked so hard to become professional footballers and to really become a, be at the top of the game. And it's fantastic to see so many people turning out yeah. and appreciating. Not, you know, as, as, you, as you both said, a really good game of football. Probably the best game of football that we've had for City this season in terms of excitement, in terms of quite well matched. You know, we had to work hard to win that game. Um, they're a good team. They've got good supporters. It was just so, such a positive to mm. take on as we, as we head towards a big derby game in the big stadium, which hopefully will attract more people to come over to the academy, you know, for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm all for these these massive games like we're having a derby at the Etihad, and I know Arsenal play that, you know, the Emirates and Spurs have played. I'm all for that. These showpiece games are great because you know you can get the crowds are showing that they work. But the long term goal for for us is to get four and a half, five thousand in, in the academy every week. Obviously, these showpiece games will come along every now and then, and then we'll have them. And I think they take care of themselves to a certain extent, mm. the big games in the big stadiums, because you're playing United or maybe we'd play Chelsea or something like that. You know, I think that would speak for itself as a game. But to get regular attendance like we got yesterday, that's got to be the long-term aim of, of the club. I'm pretty sure it is. And that's a great step forward. That Yesterday's a great start. But it's still down, as we've said many times, I think we've got to help them do it by scheduling well, and making it easy, making it accessible for people to come. And yesterday was all those things, and look what happened. It was a great crowd, so it's not rocket science. It is there. So let's, you know, let, let's let's hope the powers that be see that because we want the crowds like that everywhere, don't we? Yeah, yeah definitely. We played at Spurs the other week. We played on a Saturday morning at half eleven at Leighton Orient. There was hardly anyone there. Yeah, you know, and it, it speaks for itself that the thing is when people talk about, oh well, you know, the Spurs were at home. Well, they were at Leighton Orient. You know, it wasn't like at, at the at their stadium. So people, people when you, anyone that's travelled around London, you think, oh, it's only Leighton Orient. Well, that's an hour on the tube at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Even their own fans are going to struggle to get there. Some, you know, certainly the ones that are at that committee. As you rightly say, Dave, you make it easy, you make it accessible, and lo and behold, as if by magic, 4,000 people turn up. Mm. It's great it, to see, but you've got to keep it going, haven't we? Absolutely, and and you're right. I mean, I I, I mentioned the derby in the Etihad because I think that's an opportunity to get more people to see the, the teams. But if we can get four and a half to five thousand, six thousand on that ground week in week out, it changes the dynamic of of everything in my mind. That's got to be the aim. 
we've got to just get that consistent. Because when people sample the women's game, and I speak to someone who came into it probably later than you two guys, when you sample the women's game, you're hooked almost immediately because it's a brilliant atmosphere. You're watching world-class players and you don't have any of the sort of things you might get in the men's game that you're scared to bring your kids to the game or you're scared to, to come if you're LGBTQ+, plus, or if you're from a minority group. Everybody's welcome in the women's game and that's what I love about it. It's, it's a really inclusive atmosphere and I think when people sample it, they want more of it every time. Onwards and upwards, hopefully. Um, as you say, you get a taste of it. You see 4,002. Let's count the two because it's important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you hope that it can <laughs> You know, if, like you say, they are new fans, maybe experiencing women's games for the first time, that they come back because they've had a great day out, they've enjoyed it, and they've been entertained, and they hopefully return back through the turnstiles. Let's look at our next game, Reading away. Another trip down south, uh, Majeski again, Dave. Uh, obviously, our last game of the season uh, was, resulted in a 4 0 win uh, on the final day of the WSL. It hoping for the same again? I'd love the same again. 4 0, I've got to come back a very happy boy at 4 0. Um, I've not seen Reading's game yesterday I've only seen the highlights I know they scored two very late goals didn't they to turn it around again and, and beat Leicester massive massive win for them that I believe um, they've struggled it's, Reading yeah Reading used to be a, a fixture I was really really scared of at one time because they were a dogged side you know when we, I remember them beating us at the academy stadium once 2-0 and you know we just couldn't break them down I think they've suffered a little bit similar maybe, over the last couple of years to what happened to Birmingham. Because they used to be a very doggy, tough side and maybe have not invested, they didn't invest as well as they could have done, maybe. I don't know the ins and outs of the clubs, to be honest with you. So I'm just speaking as an outsider here. You know, and now we've lost Birmingham. They went down after after many years of being in there. And Reading, you know, um, I've always thought of it in my head as a very tough game, Reading. Um, because when they, we've had many trips when they used to play at Wickham, and like I say, at home. So I go into it with that with that mindset, even looking where they are in the league and, and, and they've not had a great start and everything. I go into it that Reading are, are always drilled well and it, we need to be, you know, ready for that sort of almost like a bit, maybe a bit like yesterday's game, you know, maybe a little bit more of a fight than a, a lovely flowing football game. The last game of last season, there wasn't much on it for them. Uh, we had to make sure we won. I think we went there very professional and, and did a job on them and played very well on the day and won quite easily 4-0. Obviously, that has no bearing now because a lot of the players aren't with us anymore. So none of that, nothing like that counts. I just think it'll be a tough game. But if we go, if we prepare all week, like we prepared for Liverpool, and we go there with our strongest side, which hopefully we will have because I've not heard of any injuries and stuff, I think that we should be looking to come away with the points from, from Reading. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident that we could, if we play to our abilities, we can go there and win. So, yeah, that will do me. Whether it be 4-0 again, Emma, I can't promise you that. <laughs> well, I know. Just, just going back <laughs> on history. Um, so, in the games that we've met, seven wins for City, um, one win for Reading, uh, two draws, um, City with one loss, but with 23 goals scored. So, it is a team mm. that we can we can get a few against. That surprises me a little bit, actually, because I know some of the games have been tough and tight, maybe where we've snatched it and stuff. But the one that, maybe I'm just a pessimistic Person, I just remember there was a time when they came and did a job on us at the academy stadium and beat us. That must be oh. the one win. 
That was but, quite um, a long time ago, though. Yeah, I know, but it, it hurt me, Emma. It hurt me. I still remember it. <laughs> I'm over that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, looking at that, then. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, right, four, four there's no, there's no, you know, as we say, we say it a lot on this podcast. There's no easy games in WSL anymore. You know, they, they, all, all games require, even when teams set up to to you know for us a bit like Leicester did. You know, you've got to, you still got to play decent players who are well coached and professional you know they're, they're all pros these days and reading them a decent size you know they, they, they clawed their way back into a low quality game yesterday uh to their credit so they're not short of spirit i suspect they're a little bit short of quality at the moment and maybe a little bit as you say a bit of investment dave but i think uh it won't be an easy game but i think it's a game that the way we're playing at the moment the way bunny's playing the quality they've got up front, a solid midfield and a very solid back four, you you would fancy this to to win that game uh, by a couple of goals, I would think. But you know the way they came back in that Leicester game because they they could have gone bottom if they lost that game. Yeah, uh, they you know they 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 they're not a team that lie down. They're a team that are going to come and give it, and at home they're going to give it big styles. So our players are going to have to be up for it. But I just think there's a little bit too much quality across the park for us not to come on with the points. Like you said, we've not we've not heard any news about the squad yet, but it doesn't look as though there may be any fresh concerns for Gareth Taylor heading into this game. So potentially another strong travelling side and a, a good opportunity, perhaps again, to, to use and utilise some of the players Gareth's managing minutes with. I mean, it's unlikely that we'll see Ruby Mace not sure whether Elana Kennedy might be back in contention again. Obviously, she was around the Academy Stadium. She's not got a sling on, so perhaps she's on her way back shortly. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll manage those situations as necessary this week. But I think we'll take a strong squad because I've not heard of any other injuries, besides the two you've mentioned. And I think they'll want to keep the momentum going. That's the important. Football's a, it's a massive thing in football. If you can get a build, just build a run together of, of wins and, and get that momentum going, it breeds confidence. It breeds, um, all, you know, teams just play with a more fluent and flowing way because you're in a good good moment, you know. So we want to keep that going. I think Especially we can do that. We've got we... another international break. <laughs> well, we've got an international break. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's another, thing, another podcast altogether. That, you can't too many see of them, but... anyone, but Paul's rolling his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's another podcast altogether because there's far too many of them. But, yeah, but after that, I think we've got a Sunderland on a Sunday. It's a Conti Cup game, but it's at a weekend. So we might go strong against Reading, let them go away for Europe, uh, yeah, for the international, sorry. And then come back, and you might see a rotated team again against Sunderland at home in the Conti Cup, which I think is the next game. Or it might it might be Everton next, sorry. But I think the Sunderland game is where he may well rotate. Barring any injuries, oh, I hope we don't get any injuries, obviously. But he may also, as we said earlier, and a spot where he might think, right, today's the day I play Mary Fowler. Or the obvious one, maybe, as we spoke before, Hayley Rasso. He might, you wouldn't be surprised to see those players line, line up from the start, say next Sunday for argument's sake. Obviously, you know, the week's training will be taken into account and all that and as fitness. And But I think we'll go strong. Do you think Gareth has got a number of players that he has in mind for the Cup? So, obviously, the likes of, like, Sandy, obviously, in goal. Do you think she'll be utilised as a Cup cup player? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, possibly the goalkeeper situation is, is, is a little bit different because back in 2016, Nick Cushing won the Conti Cup. I think Marie Hurahan played in every round and he promised her that she would 
barring injury, you know, and he kept to that. I'm quite happy that Sandy could play in every round of that Conti Cup and possibly even the FA Cup as well, and top-class goalkeeper. The other ones, no, I don't think there'll be any guarantees, no. I don't think he's got a league team and a cup team. It's just in these earlier rounds against championship sides, and maybe if we won the group and qualified, he might use it to rotate or to blood youngsters. I think that's the perfect time. You've got to do that at some time. You've got to try and get those players to play games if they're not starting the WSL games. Unfortunately, in the women's game, there isn't as much opportunity to, to play your squad on a regular basis as there is in the men's game. Your younger players can't play as well. There isn't any. There isn't really the same academy system. There's a there's a whole whole uh, section missing from the women's game. They go from the academy to the first team. There's no what we used to call the reserves under twenty ones, under twenty threes that the men have. You've got to allow for certain players to to have games. So I don't think he'd stick rigidly to this is my league team, this is my county cup team, but I do think he'll use the county cup games to rotate. But as we progress through the tournament and play. Obviously, you'd expect to play the top sides towards the back end of the tournament. If you're in there, say, from the quarterfinals, semifinals, final, you might meet a Chelsea and Arsenal, you know, a United might be like that. I think then we would go stronger because he want to win the games and then want to play the strongest 11 players for that game, regardless of who they are or whether they've played in, in the Cup or the League. Just remember, worth noting that United are mathematically almost certain to go out of the Conti Cup after getting beat by Durham midweek. So... Um, that's one team that we won't be potentially seeing uh, in the latter stage of the Conti Cup. So that's good news on every yeah. level possible. You said that with a big smile on your face, Paul. A massive <laughs> smile on my face. Although I have to say that I think we, I think, I think you know, even though it's a City podcast, we should say that Matt Skinner's done a fantastic job with United. He's, he, well, yeah. For yeah. Me, it's like, a, yeah, there's an example of what I was saying about momentum as well. United looked at the fixtures at the start of the season. They're probably not the hardest set of fixtures that, they, that you yeah. can get in the WSL. They haven't played the top sides. but So you've got to use those fixtures to build momentum. I think that's a perfect example of what United have done, is built momentum and won those fixtures and put themselves in a great position. But as you said, Dave, I think I think the I don't think I think you're right, Emma. I think he's got players in mind that he wants to put into the into the Conti Cup and potentially the early rounds of the FA Cup. But they're all good players. You know, I mean, Steph Horton played in the in the against Blackburn. You know, hundred plus England caps. You know, doing it all, and she, you know, she's 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 been using those games to get game time. You know, when you think England's former captain at the moment can't get in our team, that says a lot about how strong that team is at the moment, and it says a lot to Steph's credit that she's getting on with it and she's she's playing a really pivotal role as, as a experienced leader in that dressing room, which we've lost a few of those. And those players are going to learn so much from Steph Hart. It's, it's unbelievable. I just get the feeling that there is a view. I don't think there's an expectancy, but I think there, there's conversations perhaps that have been had in terms of how those players are going to get their minutes. Obviously, you look at Sandy, you know, she's come from a, you know, a WSL club where she could be playing every single week, you know, there's got to be some put, sort of pull. I know it's, you know, we're City, but there's got to be some sort of pull and in terms of, you know, well, we're going to, you know, this is how we're going to manage your your game within, you know, the squad and, and you know, you will get minutes and, it, you know, it, you you might be our cup keeper. It's just, you know, I, I just think there are, there are players there, big players there, and, you know, you just don't want to kind of get complacent. I mean, no player wants to get 
complacent in terms of their position within the squad. And I think healthy composition is good. It's good to have that in and around positions. And I, and I, th- I do think, you know, everyone's got a part to play in terms of this city side. And it, it's just really interesting just to see how we're going to find that balance. That said, I am really, really, really pleased that we are utilising our academy. I know we've already spoke about it, but, you know, I think the last time we did that was sort of in and around COVID when we were really struggling to have players available to us and that we did draw upon those academy players off of that winter break, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, we we did turn to the academy. And I would love to hear a little bit more uh, about Jane... Ludlow and her impact and and you know her part in this because I I think perhaps behind the scenes she is playing a bigger part than perhaps City are letting on and it would be interesting to kind of hear more about that I think yeah it's a, it's a thing that we've spoke about a few times with the club that you know it's almost it's hard sometimes I always try and find out the the results of, of how they've gone on in the week the the academy sides and things but I know it's not always about results at that level it's about developing the players you know we like to we would like to maybe see some coverage I know there's the, the elements around the, the players ages and things that allowed you know allowed to do things like that and I'm sure they do the right thing but as fans you want to know you want to know what's coming what's happening with your academy what players are coming through there were so many people the other night who didn't know the names of these. They saw these names on the team sheet. Oh, well, what position is she? What position is she? You know, you'd like to know. So maybe a, a write up in the program, about, you know, about them or something like that, just to let the fans know the basics. It's because it's nice to know. And like you say, we want to know the, the work that's been done by the club behind the, behind the scenes. As supporters, the sort of stuff you want to know. I think if you've got a coach like Jane Ludlow, a person like Jane Ludlow in your in your in your setup. She's got the authority, she's got the kudos, she's got the experience, she's got the credibility to say to Gareth, these players are ready. These players can play in your team, they're good enough. And I've coached them and we're coaching them in the City way. And I think it's not just about, at that at that age, the younger players, it's not just about their ability, it's about the good practice. It's about what makes you a good player, what makes a Steph Horton, what makes a Kira Walsh, what makes a Georgia Stanway. It's their ability, but it's their personality. It's the way they drill themselves, the way, what they bring to the game, their professionalism, their commitment. And that's something I think we're starting to see. You know, I think we've seen those players coming through because they're well-drilled. They know what's expected of them. There's no, there's not a shock when you step up to the first team. So I think I think we're seeing, we're starting to see a throughput um, from the younger age groups into uh, into the into the first team. And don't forget, we've got we've got now seeing regular city players in under seventeens, under fifteens England teams. You know, they're starting to filter into the national setups, and they will be filtering into other national setups at a junior level. So I think the future is very bright, and I think she's been brought in to do a job like the EDS over the road to develop players that either will come into the first team or will go on to have good careers at other clubs. And that can only be really positive for, for those players to to work with such a really, really experienced leader that will show them how to be a good pro. I, th- I think a major difference we could look at there, Emma, as well, is if we look at this time last year when we had that major injury crisis, we didn't flood the bench with kids. There were some, some games we didn't have any, like we only had two or three players on the bench, yeah. and maybe they weren't ready then. And now we're a year further down the line. These these young players now are, are ready, to, as Paul says, 
they'll, they'll have a chat with Jane or whoever's in charge of the academy and say, right, we, we want to blood some of these players. Because you don't want to come in in a crisis situation where they've got, oh, we need a left back, let's get this kid out of the reserves. You know, you want them to come in and, and have the, you know, they've got enough pressure coming into the first team and coping with it and learning it as it is. So it's nice to do it. And I think, like I said before, the Blackburn game last week was perfect for that. It shows that there is development at that level of the club compared to last year when we didn't do it, even though we had a major injury crisis. We didn't suddenly get all the kids out of the reserves or the academy side, I should say, and put them in. We didn't do it. We, we went without. We had we had bare benches, didn't we? We had two goalkeepers and Jill Scott sat on the bench and that was it. You know, whereas this time, we, you know, we seem to have a full squad and bloody young players as well. It's great. So I think, I think the signs are good that it's going in the right way. The last thing I would say as well on your point about Sandy, Sandy is the one player that possibly they might have had the conversation you suggested, Emma, where they've said maybe they have guaranteed her cup minutes, mm-hmm. barring injuries, obviously, you know, to, to hopefully to Ellie and stuff. You know, they might say, yeah, you're going to come in and you're going to be the cup. Because the goalkeepers tend to be the one position they sometimes do that with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in theory, we should have two decent cup runs, fingers crossed, so she would get a lot of games. And she's a great goalkeeper, by the way. She's not inexperienced herself, is she? She's an England international, so... Yeah, I'd just i be interested to see sort of how it pans out uh, for the rest of the season. That said, I'm really excited. I'm excited where we're at now. I'm excited in what we're seeing on the pitch and, you know, the results that we've been getting. You know, there's some big tests to come. In in this, this month, we spoke sort of about our expectations and what we were hoping. And I think, you know, in terms of that, they've delivered and the performances have been there and they've been well-rounded team performances as well. You know, there's been some very good individual performances, but overall as a team, I'm really pleased. And I think that's really important. I think heading into this Reading game, again, the expectation is to get the result. Uh, and to push on up the table and I think we're doing that and you know we're in and around the positions where as fans I think expect us to be and we've just got to continue that now and build on from the lessons we've learned from recent games as well you know there's been some mistakes there's been some really positive play you know we need to learn from that and, and build on and I think we're doing that and we're doing it really well and I think credit where it's due I think Gareth Taylor deserves a mention for obviously and and his background staff you know I think they all deserve credit where credit's due for you know helping turn it around I can't argue with that and I think I am genuinely excited to watch this team grow and develop as well going forward it does excite me I think there's a lot of potential there and I think we need to be patient to see them at the best because I think it will it takes time it takes time to build a new team and, and we lost a lot of players and a lot of experience but I am genuinely excited to go and watch this team at a weekend. You know, I'm thinking, oh, great, we're playing today. I'm looking forward to seeing it grow and develop. And I think, I could be proven wrong, obviously, because you're not always right away, but I think this team's got a lot of potential and I think we'll see a lot of good things from this team going forward. I think we've got some cracking new players in, linked with the players we already had. I think once they really, really gel, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see some special football from this team going yeah. forward. So I'm looking forward to it. Couldn't agree more. I, I think there's something quite ex- special and exciting about watching a new team grow. We've we've had a number of teams over the season. If you look at that picture of the first women's team that's outside the Etihad, I think only Steph is the only one that's that's still there. Uh, most of those players left quite quickly, so th- ch- things always change. But there's something really exciting about watching a team 
start to develop a new version of your of your favourite team develop. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. We've lost some really great players, but we've replaced some, brought some really, really good ones in. And we're playing a really nice style of control, possession-based football. And I think this season, you know, regardless of the results, it's going to be very exciting to watch some players really kick on and really become the sort of, you know, the sort of city fan, city players that we we want to really get behind. Um, so it, it's just an exciting period, um, and I think we've actually made more progress than I think we probably expected they would have made by this point. They actually start to look like a proper team. Um, you know, they, as you say, Emma, there's going to be some big tests to come. Some of the big big hitters in the league, we've still got to play them again, and we've still got to play some of them. But I'm confident this team can give any team in this league a decent contest. And that includes, you know, the 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 other big hitters in the league. So, very exciting. Definitely. Thank you both so much for your time. It's uh, great to catch up. I think we've just about covered everything. Everything. <laughs> uh, probably a bit longer than we expected, but I honestly can't thank you both enough for for coming on and chatting with me tonight. So, thank you so much. You're welcome. Anna. Thank you. Thank you very much. Safe travels to all fans that are travelling down to Reading at the weekend. Let's hope we can get the result and uh, round off the... Well, we're heading into a new month now, but <laughs> round off uh, with wins all round. Yep, that'll do me. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Bye. Morgan and you're listening to MCW Fancast. And that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Dave and to Paul for joining me. Also, thank you to Charlotte who's jumped on editing duties for us this week. We'll be back on Friday following Sunday's game against Reading at the Majeski Stadium. Kickoff is 2pm and if you're unable to travel, don't worry. The game will be available to watch live on the FA Player. Have a great week, everyone. (laughs) 